This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to your latest episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. How you doing, guys? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Uh, It was nice seeing you the other day. Obviously, you took a little adventure slightly northeast from where you are to uh, sunny South Essex with a little mandate. Did you enjoy it? Fred? It did, mate. It did was you? very good fun. It was nice to come over, see where you live. Leon C is a lovely little town. I was very impressed. And yeah, good to catch up and have a bit of a podcast strategy chat. So yeah, it was good fun. It was great, mate. You know, we were walking down the Broadway and I think Fred knew it was the real deal when there was a cook. <laughs> you went, oh, you went, oh, there's a cook. Yeah, That's how you know. That's how you know you've made it when there's a cook nearby. We have that in Surrey. Yeah, quite, a few, quite a few cooks around. It yeah. is like high-end frozen meals. So I know this, this sounds really weird, oh, wow. but if you think about like the frozen food stores, they're always kind of like low budget, like Iceland and places like that. You've probably got a place like this in America, I'm sure, as well. But Cook kind of made this very nice tasting, very fancy frozen meals thing. And it's a big hit. Certainly in Surrey, it's a big hit. They've also yeah. uh, franchised into garden centres. You find them in Waitrose. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very nice brand. But yeah, Liam's sitting there thinking, "How can we get Cook on a uh, on a cheeky oh, collaboration? <laughs> yeah. How can we get Fred Mills sporting some Cook?" <laughs> oh, you're right, Liam. You good, mate? I'm good, guys. Yeah, no, uh, no little mandates from me on my end. Um, yeah, I've been good, guys. Just uh, doing a bit of celebrating. Had a birthday on the weekend. Went out for dinner. Saw some friends and things like that. Got uh, reintroduced t- into how bad Sydney's trains are once again. They had, uh, I know I was moaning about this a couple of podcasts ago. We finished dinner about 10, right? We came outside. We ordered an Uber. We live about 20, 20 minutes away from where we were having dinner. And it took us an hour and a half to get home. Basically, the trains in Sydney stopped working at like 8 p.m. <clears throat> so that forced everyone out onto the streets driving cabs and things like that. But it just shows how bad... The rail service is here. It was it was insane, man. Like one hour, an hour and a half to get home. Cool. So, yes, what? so this train stop at eight pm, or was it like a special? No, no. So it's just like well, imagine if like Kings Cross, if something happens at Kings Cross, you know, right. the trains around it can't get in. But this is like Sydney Central Station, so that affects like I'm guessing Everything. the whole network. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absurd. Little- well. Well, could be worse, mate. Could be worse. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm, least... I'm, I'm over it. 
<laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> other than that, Neither. I had a great time. I'm, I'm going to check in. I'm going to check in on Liam. Are you all right, mate? You okay? I'll Thank do that in a that, day or uh, two. You're right. You recovered. You did that Western <laughs> Harbour tunnel built. A few more, Ooh, few more lanes for traffic. Mm. Well, some it. of them, some of them been um, cancelled over here. The um, Labor's just gotten into power in the New South Wales government, and um, they've just cancelled two like major um, uh, road routes. I, not, I don't think it's the West. Uh, I don't think it's the tunnel we covered, um, but it's one of the major. Infrastructure road projects. That wouldn't surprise me because I know they were much bigger on public transit, less on roads. So maybe there's that kind of swing and transition starting to happen. But yeah, mm. interesting mm, times. Maybe. Um, now, we're talking of construction projects, guys, we've got a banger of an episode for you today. The uh, the world's best construction podcast, Sausage Brand, is back. And this is a big, fat banger of an episode. We are talking about New York's new super tall skyscraper, 270 Park Avenue. Dubai's plans to build a three-kilometer skyscraper, a three-kilometer horizontal skyscraper in a ring around the Burj Khalifa, and Saudi Arabia's new Jeddah Central Museum. Whole thing enhanced and boosted with witty banter and some of your comments from this week. Let's go. First up this week, we are talking about New York's new super tall skyscraper. Now, this is a very cool video that came out on the B1M yesterday, all about New York's latest super tall skyscraper. Currently under construction, the 423 meter 270 Park Avenue. This is beautiful. It's being built at a cost of three billion US dollars, and it's going to be the new headquarters for banking giant JP Morgan Chase, the kind of firm that can afford a three billion dollar new skyscraper. I really like the look of this. It features a classic 1920s New York City stepped-back profile designed by Foster and Partners. Before we get into some of the site background and the context and the engineering, guys, hot takes. Is this building hot or not? Filler or killer? Yes or no? Uh, this is killer for, for sure. Absolutely, mate. I think this could be my new favourite building in New York. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I said it. Oh, go on, Liam. How can you mm. have good taste like this in New York, but then you like the walkie-talkie in London? I don't understand. <gasps> Oh, here he is, mate. Just I love <laughs> Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's an icon, mate. It's an, it's, it I'm is. never letting it go. I'm never letting it go. It is an icon. It's, it's, it is. icon. Yeah, I think we is. should do next B1M bash at the top of uh, the walkie-talkie now. I'm up mm. for that, because if you're at the top of the walkie-talkie, you can look at London skyline and not see the walkie-talkie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> oh. I... I, I think I think 270 Park Avenue, mate, is so ridiculously New York um, in all the best ways. Um, I don't think it's necessarily perfect, but there's something about it. I am so, so happy it doesn't have any stupid trees plonked on top of it <laughs> or like the little outside bits or the setbacks. And it's just so unapologetically New York. There is something about it that it's not just another glass box. It's not a tower that could be anywhere. It can be in London. It can be in like Dubai or something. It's New York. And um, that's that's as well. That's what I got from the video is that this is very much like a return to form. This is like, you know, almost. And it's not a skinny skyscraper either. You know, like we've had so many skinny skinny scrapers in New York over the last few years. This is, this really does feel like a homecoming. So I am actually, 
I'm 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 a massive fan. The proportions are a bit weird. The the, the patterns sometimes a bit weird, but yeah, I'm a massive fan, Fred. Yeah, you're right. It is the quintessential New York skyscraper. They've kind they've kind of tried to create the classic New York skyscraper, but modernized for the 21st century. The thing about this being not being skinny and being a lot wider comes from how the context it's risen from, which I'm going to talk to you about in a minute. Because as you know, I can't go outside of the Fred Mills planned conversation route. I always have a long answer, so I have to tell you things in the order with the full context. But a bit bit of site background on this one. So basically. <laughs> For this building to reach its incredible 423-metre height, and it's worth saying, when this completes, it's going to be the sixth tallest skyscraper in New York, J.P. Morgan Chase bought an astonishing 700,000 square feet of air rights from the nearby Grand Central Station and stacked them onto its site. Now, there's this quirky thing in New York, which we've covered in many videos before, including our Billionaire's Row video, but basically there is there is airspace above all buildings. And with zoning restrictions, there's a limit to how high you can build. So your floor area ratio. So depending what your floor area is will dictate how tall you can build on a particular site. With air rights, what they've done here is basically acquire those air rights above the space of other buildings and then stack them onto their site. It means that those buildings they've bought uh, air rights from can't build tall in future, but Mm. that the site that has bought the air rights can build much higher than they normally could do on that particular site. It's worth looking at that in visual terms. So we've done many videos on this with kind of a visual explanation of how air rights work. But if you imagine neighboring properties have sold their airspace, that airspace is stacked onto one site. So one particular site can rise much higher than other sites around it. Sites like Grand Central, obviously you're never going to build a skyscraper over Grand Central. It's a beautiful historic building. So for them, selling air rights is probably a bit of a no-brainer. Anyway, J.P. Morgan Chase stacked 700,000 square feet of airspace onto the site to enable this skyscraper to rise. They then demolished the existing 216-metre Union Carbide building that did sit on the site. That became the tallest building ever to be voluntarily demolished when it was taken apart piecemeal over the course of two years between 2018 and 2019. We actually did a video on that a few years back, funnily enough, in 2019, uh, how to demolish a skyscraper. The whole thing was wrapped in netting and then broken apart, taken down piecemeal. We talk about that in this video. Super, super interesting. Now, the Union Carbide building was kind of emblematic of New York's decline. The city doesn't have much super premium office space. It's all mostly mid-range office space and it's kind of aging. It isn't as attractive as it used to be. At the same time, New York is under threat from other financial centres, including one that's been dubbed the emerging Wall Street of the South, Miami, down in Florida. That triggered New York to do a rezoning of Midtown East in 2017. Again, we've talked about this in many videos before, but they basically rewrote the planning laws in Midtown East to allow the construction of bigger, denser skyscrapers. Other ones up there include 170 Park Avenue, Project Commodore, which is a massive 480-metre skyscraper rising next to the Chrysler building. We covered that at Christmas. And also this building, 270 Park Avenue. So like you were saying, Luke, the whole skinny thing versus this being a much wider, bigger building, this has been able to rise because the planning laws have been recast and New York Mm. City wants bigger, nicer, juicier office buildings. And uh, this is the, the context it's risen from. Do you think it's um, it's interesting how that's come out of like a post twenty twenty two lockdown era? 
that there's still this demand for office space and there's still a lot of companies out there, a lot of businesses out there, organizations out there that that really do want that top quality space, whether it is for, for traditional business or creative or tech. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were kind of having this conversation not long ago about questioning whether you know, the office would survive. I think the conventional office is under threat. What what is what people want now is destination offices. They want a reason to go to the office and when they're there, they want something that's enjoyable, a nice place to be, you know, a destination office. That yeah. is very much what they're building with 270 Park Avenue. It is not your standard we work or, you know, fluorescent light battery hen type desk arrangement. It is a nice <laughs> place to go and work. You've also got to remember that this project started before the pandemic, so they started investing in this and planning it before COVID hit, and it's being led by JP Morgan Chase, who happen to have pretty deep pockets, and they're a big corporate who are mandating people back to the office. So there's a few things here you've got to remember, but wow, this this is not your standard office. Standard offices, you're right, are struggling a bit. This is deliberately trying to be the uh, the cook of offices. <laughs> the cook <laughs> the waitrose the M&S yeah yeah <laughs> well I thought it was uh, it was mad as well seeing just how big that 260 meter union carbide building was um, you know to compare that if you're a Londoner you can compare that to kind of the new the new Newfoundland tower in Canary Wharf or the Diamond Tower some people are calling it in Canary Wharf um it's not far off like the cheese grater in the city of london like this you know these are that's a big building that is really really tall and to voluntarily go yeah we're gonna like take that down and start again you know you it's gotta be for something good and do you know what i'm gonna say this now but i had this thought while watching this video I'm a fan of the design. I'm a fan of what they're doing and the engineering, which I'm sure we're going to get into, is like outstanding. It's really impressive. Part of me feels like you've gone to that effort to take down this huge building anyway, and it's relatively tall. You know, you said, what is it, sixth tallest yep. in New York it's going to be? Yep. Part of me feels like just go taller. Do you know what I mean? If we're doing New York, let's do it. Mm. Let's do it properly. Like maybe even consider building the next. I don't. I don't know. Like tallest building in the world or tallest in North America. I'd, just something. Just a bit more. There'll be a calculation though. Like there's there's a business case around how much it costs to build the floor space versus how much you can let it for and earn back. And it's mm. completely different with commercial office space than it is to sorry as it is to high end residential apartments because high end residential apartments are smaller they're smaller buildings but you sell them for a lot more money whereas office space mm. is a lot cheaper compared to a multi hundred billion dollar apartment sorry hundred million dollar apartment not quite a billion dollars yet although give new york a few years i'm sure we'll get there um, yeah. <laughs> so it's there's a there's a business case to it it's not just build as high as you can mm. as fun the, as that um, be. it's it's nearly twice the size of their current head office their current head office has 47 floors and it's about 230 meters high so they've literally it almost doubled it. Wow. Wow. That's mm. that's crazy. Big change, eh? That is crazy. That is crazy. And do you do you think this is um 
is it a bit like a lot of other banks or um who who else is it like at the moment there's there's a i think there's a few places up london that are like this they've basically got offices scattered across different buildings and they're centralizing it into one building where they don't want it to be all over the place is is, do do you know about that fred or is that not that's not i imagine there's a bit of that going on as liam said this is an enormous structure um i think it's nice to see you know there's people are really struggling with their energy bills at the minute and the cost of living around the world you know inflation's hitting a lot of economies so it's really nice to see you know (laughs) banks doing stuff really conservatively and you know investing their profits (laughs) into helping people it's it's nice i mean this is kind of chump change to them is it not (laughs) three billion i don't know yeah well i mean (laughs) the largest banks in the world they're getting an asset mate they're getting an asset out of this and this is a meaty asset isn't it they are getting an asset they're getting a massive big landmark office building in the middle of the financial center of the world so it is a big investment it's worth saying like you said with the demolition this was not an easy site to build a great big building on like you've got to take down an existing skyscraper remember You've not got a big site space here. You have no site space. You have literally the block that it's built on, and the building goes right up to the site boundary. It's built right up to the boundary. So you've got to wrap that, demolish it internally, you know, inside on itself. You've got to take away all that rubble away from site, you know, often at night wow. or at quieter times. That is a difficult thing to do. Then you're building this massive new building on top of it, which, as we're about to find out, is not straightforward because running directly under the construction site are train tracks that lead into Grand Central Station and below that is the MTA's $11 billion east side access mega project which extends the Long Island Railroad deep into Manhattan and into Grand Central Station. Again, done a video on that over the years. It's a good one. Go and check it out. Well over a million <laughs> views. Some great some great voiceover in that. Do go and have a look. Who um, did it? Oh, I think it was this guy called Fred <laughs> Fred Mills or something. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was me, mate. It was, wasn't anyone else special that we oh, got yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as you all know from the Leaning Tower episode that we did a few weeks back, the Leaning Tower of New York, for a building this size, the standard approach would be to drill down and put piles deep into high-quality bedrock or create shallower but wider pile foundations. Now, as I've just said, there are two big subway lines running directly underneath the ground floor so that wasn't possible basically for this tower to get planning permission in the first place it had to create a new public plaza street level so the city said yes we're going to approve your great big shiny banking office building but you've got to build some new public space at street level and make a contribution to making the city nicer foster and partners saw that as a way of killing two birds with one stone so 270 park basically reuses most of the former tower's foundations but because this building is like twice as tall, uh, they had to be upgraded. So there are basically these shear walls that run down from the site, down between the subway lines, and then under that they added new pile foundations to take it down into deep bedrock. So basically the, the building transfers its weight down between these, down through these shear walls, these vertical shear walls, down through the gaps in the railway tracks, and down into the bedrock underneath. They upgraded all that with new piles. And then the ground floor of the building was raised up onto this kind of tabletop structure. So it's got these dramatic V-shaped columns at street level, which help minimize the building's footprint on the ground. So the building is nice and wide, and then it kind of tapers in really dramatically at ground level to minimize how much space it takes up. And that helps create a nice, open public space. Those V-shaped columns transfer the whole weight of the skyscraper down 
onto those sheer walls, down through the subway lines, and down onto New York's nice, solid bedrock. Just getting the foundations for this thing built was incredible. What do you guys make of all this? I love the public realm, mate. I love it. You know, the setback, the way it just... It, it feels really big. It feels like you've got another little square down there. And that wasn't there before, was it? You know, when you look at what was the the uh, tower that was there before, you kind of have the tower and then this little setback office. And it's, the, the whole footprint is taken up with, with, with office, right? With building. And now we've got a bigger building here, a taller building here. Um, I think it's just a testament to construction that the actual ground level is more spacious, uh, it's more green, and it just it, it just seems more welcoming, and it seems more modern. Um, I think that's one of the only things in New York is when you go to New York, sometimes it does feel like everything is closing in on you, and the only space is like the really wide roads, you know, which isn't pedestrian-friendly, you know. So sometimes when you're walking around Manhattan, it is – there is an odd feeling compared to even other cities in America or other cities, particularly in Europe. Um, but this is a, a tremendous, mate. Absolutely tremendous. Really, really, really clever design, isn't it? Two birds, one stone. Like you said, mate, come on. It's, it's so clever the way they're still using the same, the same. <laughs> The foundations and the same it's crazy it's, it's quite it's a crazy. it's quite a clever tactic when city authorities use use developers and use planning laws as a way to improve the city when they wouldn't necessarily have the funds to do that themselves so they say look yeah yes you can build your great new high-end luxury residential development or your banking headquarters which granted isn't so great for the city but to do that we need you to make a contribution to upgrading the nearby subway station to upgrading public space to improving the business in some way so improving the city in some way Mm. As we saw in the Billionaire's Row video, sometimes that gets watered down. Sometimes those contributions are small and happen miles and miles away from where the actual development is. But most of the time, it happens in and around the building. I think that's a pretty clever tactic. It's a pretty clever tactic of enhancing your city, enhancing your urban space without having to put public money into it, but making developers really share the responsibility they have for improving and enhancing cities. So yeah, it's a nice. We like we like it up to ground floor level. It's a good win. Basically, from foundations upwards, it was it was much more straightforward than it was below ground. Tower steel frames started to rise on those foundations that I described, and at each level, they laid these steel floor sheets out across the steel beams, and then concrete's poured on top of them, forming the floor slabs. They're doing that at the minute. It's cracking away. It's starting to poke its head above the other buildings now, um, mm. and starting to you know make its mark on the skyline, which is very, very cool. And then the tower's elevator and service cores are rising up through the frame. And that whole process basically is continuing all the way up to the top of the tower with the cladding following on behind. And then the internal fit out, the electrics, the services, the office fit out, all following on behind that. Worth saying, as I said before, the core rising through the frame is an unusual thing. Most skyscrapers will build the concrete core first. So you see the lift core going up that built with like a jump form system. And then the wider steel and concrete frame superstructure, it might be steel, it might be concrete, it might be both, follows on afterwards. Mm. New York is a bit different. This is the one place where they sometimes do things differently and put the frame up first and then retrospectively bring the service cores up through the building. That all goes back to the steel workers' unions wanting 
their own space without other trades in the way. So think back to the classic, uh, you know, people walking along steel beams, the New York steel workers having their lunch on the beam. That's what it all comes from. They're up there on their own. No one else is up there yet. They've got their own space. Yeah. You're joking. That's yeah. where it comes from? That's where it comes from. Some unions will still insist on that being the way they build a big skyscraper. It's the only way you can get steel workers on site is by agreeing to do that. It's not every building, but it does tend to happen in New York. And it's pretty exclusive to New York. It doesn't happen in other cities. So, yeah. That whole process I've described is going on right now in New York City as a hive of activity. whole thing is due to fully finish and complete in 2025. Wow. I can't wait to see it, mate. I can't wait to see it. And do you know what I was thinking while watching this video and even while having a chat on here is a skyscraper city uh, forums, which is a forum I have frequented Love it. for 10 years, actually. 10 years, I think, like this month, which is slightly depressing. Um, that is going to be popping with a project like this. It's the, it's the perfect projects that pe- people love to keep just tabs on. They like to see updates on. There is something exciting about a tower like this. And it's more exciting than, you know, I think, you know, from my perspective, something like Hudson Yards. You know, it's not just another, it's not just another skyscraper that looks run of the mill. Um, there is um, immense engineering going on. There's immense design going on. So... I'm yeah. I'm 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 crazy excited to see this rise. Really, I love really it. it's impressive. got it's got a difficult site. It's got a difficult brief. You know, it's trying to create fancy office space in a rezoned area. Mm. It's trying to be sustainable. It's trying to do all the things you have to do in a modern day office building. But they've still kept Foster and Partners have still kept that classic New York skyscraper look and feel. This couldn't go in any other city. It has to go in New York. It's just just awesome. Um, another another interesting little factoid for you it is the tallest New York skyscraper powered purely by electricity that is being supplied by a hydroelectric power station in upstate New York. So it's all coming. I don't know how it gets there. Bluetooth probably airdropped down into the city and um, is being used to run the skyscraper. Big focus on wellness too, as we say in the video. So new age guru Deepak Chopra, who I hadn't heard of before, but people on the team knew is a consultant on the project and he's into making this kind of very happy zen like wellness focused environment for our lovely bankers what was the thing with the um air conditioning how the airflow comes in and goes through is pushed through the building yeah so it's it's got this natural ventilation system obviously there is a there is an air conditioning system as well there's mechanical ventilation but it uses uh, it's it's the way the building is designed it uses a stacked system which will naturally draw in air from the lower levels flush them through the building and then at the top of the building uh, and that creates a yeah very nice clear uh more it's more sustainable because you're relying less on air conditioning and mechanical systems electrical systems and more on natural ventilation so it's impressive isn't it mm. there isn't there isn't there isn't much going on in this in this tower that isn't impressive i i don't think um even even you know i i i'm a little bit skeptical about it but even getting in a guru to what what's i mean what's he helping out with like the interiors or something or like is he he strikes as one of those consultants has a very big bill and no one can really put their finger (laughs) on what he does do you know what i mean 
I thought the exact same thing. I was like, how much is this geezer getting paid? Like, you know, he's, he's earning. <laughs> I mean, he's I should say, just uh, conscious of a little defamation lawsuit, I should say, I don't know anything about this guy. I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's very good at what he does. What's his name? What's his Deepak name? Chopra. Okay. He's, okay. He seems to be famous. Well, he's certainly mm. well known. So. Yeah. It's just that that's the one where I'm like, okay, that's a bit random. Get him in, get him in, go on. <laughs> I wonder if it's a sales thing. They're like, oh, yeah, this famous wellness guru helped us design this building. So they can sort of yeah. say that in the marketing, you know. Marketing, mate, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's a good little it's label. Yeah. If I had to find something wrong with this building for balance, go I'm on. struggling. I'm scraping here, right? Go on. It, the renders look very, very beautiful. This bronze facade and everything, it looks mm. very, very nice. I really hope it does look as good as that and doesn't get watered mm. down. I would also say that it's very big. It's very imposing. It is going to... It is. I like the way it steps back as it rises, but it is a big boy. And it's a girthy it boy, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to have an impact on the skyline, and I hope it's a mm. positive one, not a negative one. I I think most of the girth, mate, is being covered up by its neighbours. Yeah, and then <laughs> as it, as it rises, it gets slimmer, doesn't it? So we're we still I think, talking about two seventy Park Avenue. Yeah, we're still talking about two seventy Park Avenue, mate. Okay, Come cool. on, I just got a bit Come lost on. in the metaphor. Yeah, I know, I know what you're like, Mister Mills. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Even bits where I'm like, it, part part of me is bothered by the kind of. Um, the, the the way the shape, the square shape, and the side, the diamond shape, and the, on the side changes shape and proportion at every level. You know, part of me is like, oh, isn't there a way to keep it the same? But that's it's part of the design, isn't it? It's part of the design. Yeah, I'm happy, mate. I'm 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 really happy with everything about this, and the video was exceptional, really, really good. And I like I like that whenever there's like film references and stuff. Uh, what did we see? Taxi was it? Taxi driver Robert yeah. De Niro. It's worth Robert saying. De Niro. Jim yeah. Casey is like the king of that. He's he, Jim Casey is the guy that edited this. He works with Ian Park and is our content producer. It's just awesome. The, that intro, my God, uh, that intro, the effort it. that has gone into that intro. Jim is Jim is an incredibly talented man. It's an honour to have him on our team. So yeah, I agree. Hero, Great, hero, mate, hero. Yeah. Let us know what you think about this one, guys. This is obviously a big, new, impressive, very big, very tall skyscraper rising on the New York skyline. What do you think of it? Would you go there? Would you work there? Obviously, you have to be part of JP Morgan Chase to work there, but hypothetically, would you work there? Have we got our comments right? Are you on board with it? What do you think of the wellness guru? Do you know him? Is he worth the money? Let us know. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, on Tuesday, we brought out a video on Dubai's plan to build a three-kilometer horizontal circular skyscraper 550 meters in the air around the Burj Khalifa. Yes, you heard that right. This is absolutely crazy. When I say Dubai's plan, it's not actually been put forward by Dubai or the state in any way. It's an architectural studio called Zanera who've put out these renders, put together this concept for what's called the Downtown Dubai Circle, or the Dubai Downtown Circle, I forget, it's something like that, Dubai Downtown Circle, uh, as a conversation starter for how we manage density in our cities. So 
this this is unbelievable, right? You would not believe what these renders look like. For those of you listening on audio medium, let me describe it to you briefly. You have got five towers rising 550 meters into the air. That is a big skyscraper by any measure. Think Medeca PMB, the world's second tallest building, the roof line. Think uh, One World Trade Center. The towers are that big. And then on top of those towers, you've sat a three-kilometer circular horizontal skyscraper that is five stories tall, completely encircling the Burj Khalifa. Within that, they say there's going to be this linear park, which runs the whole way round. Think of the High Line. Um, if you forgot where you started, you might just keep going round and round forever. There's then a very interesting mobility system where, you know, these kind of like, you know, a monorail system. There are some monorail systems where the car hangs underneath the track, like in Germany, there's one. I think there's one in Disneyland mm. as well. They've got that on the underside of this ring, 550 meters above the ground, which is absolutely terrifying as a way of transporting people around. whole thing would be designed on the 15-minute city concept, this idea where you don't have to walk all the way around the ring to get to school or go to work. You'd actually have uh, everything you need much closer to you within 15 minutes of your front door. Uh, and they also lead into this uh, concept of uh, people wanting to move through horizontal planes. People are much happier, much more efficient when they move horizontally through cities rather than vertically. So obviously, once you get up there in the lift, you've got the ability to kind of live up in the sky and get new public space that you wouldn't have at ground level by creating a horizontal skyscraper that oversails other stuff. In this video, we do all kinds of stuff around how the engineering would work, uh, how it could be built the money it would take, the fact that you'd kind of need a private developer because it's such an expensive thing and private developers would want to go for high-end luxury, which kind of defeats the object. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to unravel pretty quickly. But in terms of a conversation starter and an attention grabber, I'd definitely say it worked. What do you guys reckon? For a, for a concept uh, to be designed in a place like Dubai, Dubai is one of the only places that could pull this off, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the way I'm looking at it. And it, and it's to me, I'm almost like, you know, obviously they sort of compete with Saudi. With Saudi's named a load of amazing, you know, the line, things like that. Um, so I wouldn't put it past a buy to be like, hang on. Mm. Let's, actually, let's actually build this thing to compete with Saudi with all the new developments. Um, I think it looks, I, I'm quite a big fan of this, actually. I don't know how you guys feel, but I actually think it looks quite cool. It's very futuristic. It's almost like something from the Jetsons, right? Get your flying car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your flying car. And they've got the little drone helicopters on top of it, flying taxis, whatever. Classic. Get your little car, fly up there. Can't can't not have them renders these days. Um, yeah, I think I just just out, out of curiosity to see something just like this to be built. Um, I'm all for it. I What's get your that. take, Luke? I get that. Well, I, I remember we covered this um, briefly, what was it, like a few months ago, I think, and I absolutely destroyed it. I was like, <laughs> what an absolute load of tripe. And I still kind of think that, um, but the video has done a good job in me kind of, with, with kind of like giving me a new perspective on a few things. And do you know what, mate, Liam? I think you're right. I think it is nice to see something new. I do mm. think it's yeah. Go on, mate. Go on. Put it. Well, Can't put it this way. It, com this compared to the residential apartment block we discussed last week, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, you're the one in Dubai. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, the one at the bottom. We were like, oh, that man, that could be any, that could be in any city, and just like whatever. That's, that's just true. The skyline. This yeah. is something where I'm like, oh yeah, that's Dubai, man. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I really, really do get that. I'm just not sure if this is, it, you know, if we if we're talking hypothetically about like you know the competition between like Dubai or the UAE and Saudi, which I do think is there, like between a lot of the Gulf states or Arab states, um, for like tourism, I'm I'm just not sure if this is it. I'm not sure if this is competition. You know, is a huge building on stilts that moves people horizontally, what that's the selling point. Oh yeah, you move horizontally. Is that competition for a ski resort built in the middle of the desert or, you know, the line? You know, I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's like a poor man's line. (laughs) But I think, I think Dubai has the tourism already, right? So it's just adding to that layer of Dubai is insane. Right, because you've got Saudi, True. and it doesn't really True. have that tourism. Nothing compared to Dubai, right? Um, True. So I think this would just add that extra layer, that extra, you know, special thing to the sort of magic about Dubai, right? Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm li- no, I'm listening to you, and I like you know Could- the video. The video is really well produced, and the video starts out with you know you got that beautiful twin sun scene from Star Wars. There, so <laughs> I was like, look, did someone put that there on purpose to try and sell me on this? <laughs> Go on, mate. You're going to say someone else. Gone. No, I was just, I was just going to say, mate. It, it's a world first, isn't it? True. This type of building, a complete yeah circular skyscraper essentially yeah we've had we've had lines we've had cubes we've had ski resorts in the desert now they're like oh right just just right triangle no no rectangle no (laughs) no just go circle circle put a circle like it is as we said in the video there isn't really a business case for building something like this a private developer couldn't build this because it would be so expensive that you'd have to sell the space at the top for so much money to make your money back Mm. and that kind of defeats the whole object of the of it obviously they know they the architects didn't think that far. It's a it's a conversation starter. I get that, but it would for something like this to be built would require a national government to back it and pour billions in to make it happen, in order to create a landmark that attracts people, that puts the city on the map and drives tourism. Dubai has already done that. It doesn't need another one of these projects. It's already got the Burj Khalifa and the world's tallest hotel and the world's deepest pool and the islands and the palm and the Atlantis and you know it goes on and on and on. They don't need to spend inordinate amounts of money building an engineering, well, what is an incredibly challenging engineering structure around the Burj Khalifa. I don't think. What was that thing? Um, that that tower. I won't say skyscraper, but the tower that was meant to compete with the Jeddah Tower in Dubai. What was that called again? Dubai Creek Tower, which is a good yeah. shout, mate, because it it's not a skyscraper because. Less than fifty percent of its height is yeah. habitable. Good, yeah, yeah. good, good point. Yeah. Cheers, um, it was mate. an observation tower that was going to be the world's tallest man-made structure, and it was going to just beat uh, Jeddah Tower. I think it's going to be one point three kilometers high, which is <laughs> pretty yeah. terrifying. Yeah, they started building it and then paused it. I I actually really liked that, and I liked that it was it was kind of anchored by cables. It's like beautiful cabled like pattern. I was like, mate, that looks incredible. 
Do you think, right, again, a lot of this is hypothetical, isn't it? But that's kind of the point of this video. Do you think if Dubai or the UAE were to put investment into either of those projects, which one do you think they're leaning more would would lean more toward realistically? This this like circle skyscraper thing being built in downtown, or or the Dubai Creek Tower, the tallest man made man made structure in the world? What would you go for? They both present enormous engineering challenges, and I should say mm. the circle again, just to reiterate, the circle is a concept dreamed up by an architectural practice. The Dubai Creek Tower was a government-backed thing that actually started construction. They put foundations in, work began. I think Dubai Creek Tower's got more chance of happening. It's more in, it's more aligned to stuff that mankind has built before. Yeah. Mm. See, with this circle thing, I hear what you're saying, Liam. I hear the video. I can't help but think, what's the point? Like, what's the point? It's just... I, I think just because it's just, cool, mate. <laughs> It's a lot of money. It's cool. I feel like it should have like a. I feel like it should like rotate or something like that. You know when you have those like ah, circular buildings. I, yeah. I think there's one in Sydney. The restaurant like like rotates. <laughs> I thought they closed a lot of them. I thought they closed a lot of them because didn't someone's arm get chopped off? Oh uh, yeah, something on one a, kid, a kid was injured or something, wasn't they? But I. I, I've been very drunk in those bars before and ended up very confused because the room changes. The, your, your view changes. The exit where the toilet is changes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, um, yeah, mate. I just think it's cool. I, I, it's never it, been done before. I'm all for new things. I love that. New concepts, new things, new new engineering feats. Look, your, your gut reaction, like, what's the point? I, I'm pretty sure that's what everyone's reaction was when they first saw it. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> yeah, but what's the, what's the point of the Dubai Creek Tower? The tallest man-made structure. Yeah, cool. All right, sweet. We've got tourist heaps of attraction. tall skies. Tor- yeah. Tourist attraction. And yeah, I suppose the, you could argue this would be a big tourist attraction. It's just... I don't see like is this a, it's a, let's assume it's a mixed use development. Is that what it's kind of been pinned as like this like city on stilts, right? Yeah. So one level would be uh, a linear park the whole way round. There'd mm-hmm. be housing. There'd be offices. There'd be commercial. It's, it's literally yeah a city in the sky. How that works for equality and people who are in the city or out of the city, I, I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's it's very it's very sci-fi. It's very, very sci-fi, and and do you know what? Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't this is the future. Yeah, in some capacity, I don't know. I th- I think I, if they can build the line, they can build this. They haven't built the yeah. line yet. <laughs> <laughs> you say if they can build the line, yeah, they have. As in if, as in if, if. if they can build that, they can build. Allegedly. Circle. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's exciting. What what a fantastic use of the world's resources. You know, lines and circles and cubes and yeah. It's exciting. Man, they can do it's all exciting. kinds of them, mate. They can do they can do heaps of crazy tourist stuff. You do like bungee jumps off it. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> bungee jumps off it. I'm sold. That's yeah. it. I'm I'm sold. That's yeah, that's done it, it for me. You know there'd be some glass floors in there, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yes, absolutely there would. A few other features, just to, just to throw it in. We're talking about solar panels on the roof. Classic. It's going to be powered by renewable energy. Uh, solar hydrogen technology, where solar energy is converted into water, which can then power the air conditioning and provide energy to the building. Although it's worth saying, 
that tech is only its prototype phase. And they're mm. also talking about this smog-eating building technology, which is very exciting, which we, I've seen applied and used before in places like Mexico City and other, and other places like that. We actually did a video on smog-eating buildings years ago on the B1M. But this is where uh, cladding coated in photocatalytic titanium dioxide is installed and that that coating reacts with natural daylight to decompose surrounding nitrogen oxides and effectively clean a city's air. I love that tech. I've seen it applied in many cities. It hasn't kind of caught on and been mainstream yet, which is pretty frustrating. But uh, they're saying that these these ridiculous 550-meter-high five towers with a ring on top would help clean the city. So, hey, think not bad cl- for the environment. Do you think the cladding is more beneficial than trees on buildings? Oh, yeah. Whoa, that's a good question. I think what that probably question. is better gotcha. than trees on buildings. It's hard to it measure, would, right? Liam. I don't know. Yeah. I think the cladding that's is probably better, question, yeah. Isn't it? It's a good question. I mean, as I said Classic. again, when you've built a 500-meter-high, three-kilometer circle made of concrete, steel, and glass in the middle of the desert, you kind of... <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of pissing in the wind on sustainability after that but yeah got solar yeah. panels though mate yeah <laughs> anyway guys let us know what you thought about that one uh get your comments coming in podcast at the b1m.com also in the news this week we are staying in the middle east and heading over to that construction machine saudi arabia where a former desalination plant on the red sea coast is being turned into a museum this is designed by heatherwick studio uh, all with an eye on retaining the industrial heritage of the site as part of it the new Jeddah central museum in Jeddah, funnily enough is going to feature a large exhibition space within a converted turbine hall not many renders on this, but what's been put out looks very interesting. There's this is kind of uh, sook or market for creators being built in the middle. There's a community focus to it, which is nice. It's it's a very kind of European Saudi Arabian project, I have to say. There's a lot of lot of niceness to this, a lot of things that feel familiar to the West. Project forms part of a wider scheme to rejuvenate the industrial area of the city's waterfront. Design's been released, construction starting soon. I I Taking aside the fact that it's Saudi Arabia and there's all the context we've got to talk about there, I quite like the look of this. I like a big factory being converted to a cultural museum and some of the spaces and investment they're making and the way they're retaining the heritage, I think it's pretty nice. Good job, Heatherwick. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. No, I agree, mate. I think I think it's like a it must be like a London thing. You love the old with the new. Yeah, right. It's just it. It looks very it, that could that could fit in London, in my opinion. I'll say it's it again: true. very, very Battersea Power Station. It is very Battersea Power Station. Similar to the BBC building. Yeah. yeah, maybe they've seen our uh, video on uh, Battersea and gone, "Oh, do you know what? We could have a bit of that at, uh, at the Red Sea instead." Um, I like it. I like that. You know, it's not just destroying more buildings and. And, you know, erecting new ones. Yeah, I think it's decent. It, it, does, it doesn't blow me away. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't think there's uh, much of the um, of the site that looks that, f- that much like a factory or industrial other than the chimneys and, like, the canisters. Other than that, it looks, <laughs> it looks like 
everything's pretty much been built from scratch. Um, but again, it, it, you know, in principle, I think it's a it's a decent little idea. But um, yeah, the, the 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 little square with the for, for the artists, for the creatives, the circuit, the market. Again, great, great, great idea. Um, I just hope that there are artists and creatives that are willing to to do it there because I don't know Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, I, I know we could say a million and one things about Saudi Arabia. Um, it doesn't strike me as a creative or artistic place in that sense. Yeah, historically, of course, it's had incredible art, and, you know, uh, and design. But mm. um, can everyday people just like rock up and go? Here you go. Like, here's my paintings, and you know, what kind of people would be allowed to do that? I, d- I, d- I, d- I don't know. I don't know. It seems yeah, a little the- bit left field for me, actually. Yeah, there's not a lot of detail in in the renders or the stuff that's come out so far, but I think it's nice that this mm. does feel like a very different Saudi project, and I think that's the Heatherwick angle a bit. You know, Heatherwick's yeah. thoughts and design and and thinking around what they've done in other cities and bringing that over to the Middle East. I haven't really seen a scheme that does something like this before. Looks quite exciting, as you say. It feels like a nice nod. It just depends who gets to be part of that. You know, Heatherwick in the past has been part of. Little Island, which is a really nice public space in New York, um, mm. Hudson Yards, Cold Drops Yards in London. Uh, you know, those are very sort of high end uh, public spaces that have very high end shops and the kind of physical activations and uh, exhibitions you get on the ground there are always for quite wealthy brands like Peloton or. Ferrero Rocher, or you know, stuff like that, or there's like a Ferrero Rocher. Event. Yeah. It is it's like it's just all feels very Ferrero Rocher, Peloton, and Ferrero. Rocher. <laughs> I mean? It's like, well, yeah, we'll have this little kind of this little thing going yeah. on in the square, but it's like a yeah, high no, end artist right. has put their art down for the day, and it doesn't. I don't know. It's not quite as, as authentic as it could be. Yeah, it's not organic, is it? Always? No, I know. No. What you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, decent. De- I'll say this is decent. Not, not. I'll, I'll, you know, in a few weeks' time, I probably won't remember it though. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's that harsh. We talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> just... Yeah, we do, mate. We do. I think what in a couple, say in a couple of months, new renders come out. I think um, a few more close-ups would help. Mm. A few more detailed images would be would go a long way. Yeah, you spot on, mate. if you're listening, Tom Heatherwick. Few more close-ups, yeah. That's our feedback. <laughs> it's decent. Some- We're probably going to forget it in a few weeks, mate. So some close-ups, some juicy renders, <laughs> flying cars. That's, that's our critique. Yeah, flying cars. Yeah. <laughs> Stick drones, some trees on it, trees. mate. Add some drones. <laughs> Stick some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had, we had to balance out the uh, the Dubai Circle and a massive New York skyscraper with something a bit more modest from Saudi. So. There you go. Yeah. Let yeah. us know what you think, guys. Get your get your emails coming in. You know the email address by now. I'm not going to say it again because you know it. I say it like five times an episode. So if you don't know it by now, then hey, we don't want you listening. Talking of inbox, <laughs> Luke, <laughs> who has um, who has slid into the DMs? <laughs> We've got a few emails, mate. We've got a few emails and a nice review. Um, here's, here's an email from Roland Olson. He says, you had me at Prince Albert, long time <laughs> YouTube watcher. First... <laughs> <laughs> lo- lo- 
<laughs> long time youtube watcher first episode uh i listened to was the prince albert episode and i subscribed straight away that was his first episode his wow. first episode he goes i i live in brisbane australia future olympic city as our mayor keeps constantly reminding us we have some tunneling going on lovely tbms heaps of other bridges and a metro project that is actually just a bus and a and a history of bad floods nothing to make an episode on but still enjoyable for me to see as i drive to work love the witty banter and groovy intro music roly 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 ah oh, whatever roland uh cheers mate oh what a nice go. email what a nice right i love what, how people that like tuning in to this episode or recent episodes are like hearing the the legend of the Prince Albert episode. And they're like, oh my God. I know. It's not good, mate. Going back People are going to be like, <laughs> was like, what was the Prince Albert episode? Don't, tell, don't tell them what episode. They have to listen to them all. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It, it was either episode was 5, 10, 28, 31, 27, <laughs> 15. One yeah, one of them. Mm. Right. Um, another email. Antwerp Office Building. This is titled, and it's from Hunter Holder. He says, hello, team. Love the podcast and you lads. Listening to episode 35, however, I'll have to disagree on the Antwerp Office Building. Architecture should serve at least two things. One, the people who will be using it, and two, the people and environment around it. Unfortunately, this structure does neither of these things. It's not a well-structured office building, and it's also eye-catching but ugly and not built to last. It seems the architect's primary aim was to serve their own ego as a last hurrah. Looking at it on top of the original building, it gives me the feeling of either a cancerous tumour or a parasite. It may be Instagrammable, but long term, I believe Europe and other continents should focus on buildings that will last both physically and aesthetically and serve people and planet. The trend of throwaway ego-driven design is unsustainable for our future hunter. I mean, um, pretty mild opinion there. Um <laughs> <laughs> well what do you what do you reckon what do you reckon obviously we 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 chatted all week about this um last the other week we chatted about this didn't we so we're not gonna like dive too deep into it but i think it, i yeah it's a decent response i don't think it's necessarily wrong it's right? got some good points it's got some really good points yeah fred what do you reckon mate he needs to defend such a mild opinions doesn't he? he needs to like just say what he thinks put it out there yeah <laughs> yeah if you listen carefully you can hear zara did architects crossing hunter off their christmas card list like he's not he's not <laughs> anymore i think i, th- I think it's, it's bang on like if you look at the comments in that video it's a marmite building like either people absolutely mm. love it love it or they loathe it and hunter is clearly in the latter category. <laughs> hey, yeah, it got people talking. It's a landmark building. Let's put it on the map. True. It's true. I mm. like the comment about people. I think sometimes mm. it's easy to it's easy to lose sight of that, myself included. That it's a, essentially buildings are just for people. Yeah, and I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but maybe maybe we do lose sight of that. Maybe we do like forget that sometimes. So. Yeah, no, appreciate that though, Hunter, mate. Um, and to be honest, within reason, we welcome most opinions, don't always, we? Within always, within unless they're about yeah. us or the podcast music. Um, yeah. we, won't, we won't accept any kind of negative feedback when it comes to that. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't read that out. We don't read that. Out. Okay, last but not least, and 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 this is this is the last one. Uh, this is an Apple Podcast review. Five stars from Brandy. I think it's Brandy or Bran Space D uh, from Canada. Uh, they say I passed a class in university because of these guys. Saying a podcast is educational might be a bit redundant, but the conversations talked about on this podcast, the knowledge and atmosphere contributed to my interest in and probably are the main reason I'm passing my construction and architectural classes. So thanks, lads. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Brandy. It's concerning. However. It's concerning. And (laughs) is it? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I worry that people are putting their education on. Me, Luke, and me, Luke, and Liam. But anyway, I mean, you, you can put it on Fred. I don't know about me and Luke. <laughs> yeah, don't put it on us. Don't put it on me. Don't put it on like, us, where's mate. your uh, Where's your source for this quote in your essay? Oh, it was Liam Marsh on the world's best. Oh, no. Do not quote me ever. <laughs> yeah, he said. He said about this like big circle project in Dubai that we're going to be able to bungee jump off of it. It's going to be a <laughs> big source of tourism to Dubai. Some history students Rotating. Like, write, write the history of Prince Albert. <laughs> and they're like quoting Liam Marsh <laughs> and his banana. Down a beach. Yeah. Oh, he his banana locking eyes with someone. <laughs> well. Oh, banana there free we go. over here, mate. There, there we go. That's that's everything. That's everything, Fred. That's that's all the mail we got this week. But some really lovely messages. So keep sending them in, guys, and keep doing your reviews on Apple, on Spotify. We see everyone and we appreciate everyone. So cheers. Yeah, we really, really appreciate it, guys. It helps us grow the podcast, which is which is important. We're on a nice journey. We're enjoying the journey, and your feedback is all the encouragement we need. We read all, we read all the messages and all the emails. So get them coming in. Podcast at the B1M dot com. How's this episode been for you guys? I've enjoyed this episode. It's it's been yeah. fun. It's been a classic, mate. It's been a classic. Vintage. Vintage world's best construction podcast. Yeah. Vintage. Anything to add, Liam? Just kind of gone quiet. No, mate. Yeah, I was just letting you guys chat. It's good. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I have this thing that my partner always says to me. When I when I'm being sincere, my partner's like I think I feel like you're being sarcastic. So whenever I'm serious and trying to be like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's just like you guys are looking at me like, are you taking the piss? Are you joking? I'm like, I'm genuinely had a good time on this episode. <laughs> I can I tell like, it, I can tell it comes across in your voice like loud and clear. I can tell what a great time you've had. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's been great. It's been uh, a really good time. Guys. Get your messages coming in. We want to know from you what your favourite episode's been so far. What do you like about the podcast? What would you change about the podcast? Send your feedback in. We will read the good bits out on air. The other bits we'll just <laughs> take away and like you know search our souls and feel sad about and mm. quietly hate on you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. I don't know how you guys feel but i actually think it looks quite cool it's very futuristic it's almost like something from the jetsons right get your flying car yeah. <laughs> get your flying car and i've got the little drone helicopters on top of it flying taxis whatever classic get your little car fly out there can't, can't not have the renders these days